Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Tuesday, November 23rd. S&P futures are essentially unchanged right now. They had been down a decent amount earlier. They've rebounded back to about flat. Dow futures are up 21 points. That's about six basis points. NASDAQ futures are down 38 points. That's about 23 basis points. So a bunch of moving pieces in the market. Um, I'm just going to kind of quickly run through my views on what occurred yesterday and then this morning. Um, I do not think the issue is that Powell is substantially more hawkish than Brainerd. I actually don't think there's really any daylight between the two of them with regards to policy over the next year or so. Um, so I don't think this is a case of Powell is going to tighten much faster than Brandon would have. I actually think policy would have been near-term monetary policy would have been essentially the same. I do think, though, what you've seen going back about a week plus is a rhetorical tightening campaign on the part of Fed officials pretty much across the policy spectrum. So you have hawks and doves both signaling to markets. And again, this started um, going back to last week that um, you know the taper pace will probably have to be accelerated if things continue at this pace. And that you know what had been looking like a Q4 2022 timing for the initial rate hike um, is now probably more like the summer, um, again, if things continue at the present pace. So I think by providing clarity to the market yesterday and removing the uncertainty about Fed leadership, markets were then refocused back to this rhetorical tightening campaign. And that campaign continued overnight. You had Atlanta, Atlanta Fed President Bostic, um, you know, again, saying how if things continued or at the current rate, you'd probably see an acceleration in the taper pace. Um, so yes, you have seen a repricing of Fed expectations, but in general, on an absolute basis, policy is still enormously accommodative, especially when you look at it in light of how much the economy has rebounded from the depths of the of the pandemic. Um, you know, just keep in mind that even though you're tapering quantitative easing. You're still buying incremental assets. You're still probably going to be buying assets at least until the end of Q1 of next year. And then, if you kind of look at the Fed's academic literature around quantitative easing, it is the ownership of assets, the stock of assets, rather than the flow, rather than the buying of assets that actually confers accommodation. So, the Fed is going to be leaving its balance sheet at the present size um, for years to come. The rate hike process is probably going to be very, very gradual when it begins. The Fed won't allow itself to get too far ahead of international um, of, of its major monetary peers globally, lest they, um, you know, spike the dollar and and create economic headwinds in that way. So, I do think that there are certain pockets pockets of the market that have extreme amounts of excess froth and extreme valuations, and those areas will be vulnerable. And you saw that yesterday. Um, but I think in general, investors should just kind of. Um, keep their heads about themselves when you see these kind of um, you know aggressive whipsaw type price action on a day-to-day basis and just kind of take a step back and look at what actually is occurring behind the scenes. So that obviously is is the um, focal point of what's occurring on the macro basis. Um, in terms of incremental news for this morning, um, so on the COVID front, you have, you know, Germany in particular continues to kind of warn and caution about given that, uh, given what's occurring in the country with regards to COVID conditions and statistics that they are contemplating incremental lockdown restrictions. You saw that again this morning, obviously saw it again yesterday morning. Um, however, economic activity as evidenced by the flash PMIs today out of Europe or is pretty healthy in, uh, in, in Europe, regardless, uh, despite what's happening on the COVID front. Now, obviously that could change. You're just seeing some lockdown, um, restrictions get put in place right now. So prior economic data, you could argue, is, is stale. But I continue to think that the virus, even, even in the areas where it is um, resurging, is going to have a diminishing ep- effect on economic activity and especially on corporate earnings. 
Um, in the U.S., you had uh, White House officials come out last night and push back on any speculation about U.S. lockdown restrictions. They're not being considered, et cetera. Um, on the U.S. fiscal front, nothing really all that new. Um, you know, Remember, the House has its reconciliation bill passed. The Senate now needs to address the budget. The current budget expires on December 3rd. They'll probably just do another continuing resolution um, to kick that can either a few weeks or, or kick it into 2022. Um, the debt ceiling, um, you know, it looks like it will become binding around the middle of December. So I think in general, just taking a step back and looking at Washington, Republicans have so much political momentum right now that I think f- philosophically, um, their view is not to um, not to become very disruptive or obstructive with regards to the um, upcoming kind of fiscal deadline. So I don't think they're going to really have a big blowout battle around the budget. I also don't think that they're going to um, make too much noise about the debt ceiling. Democrats are going to have to use reconciliation. They're going to have a simple majority. They're going to have to use a simple majority to do it. But Republicans have already signaled that they will not kind of stand in the way of that process occurring. So I feel a lot better about the risks in Washington. Um, You know, I've been talking about that for the last couple of days, but I continue to feel that way. Um, You continue to see more supply chain data points pointing to an easing of conditions. So again, I think that's crucially important just as inflation now has come to dominate um, the macro narrative the primary cause of inflation supply chain strains are beginning to ease. So, you know, it's normally the case that whenever something becomes overwhelmingly the consensus and it starts to show up in all the major main news outlets and, and, and CNN and uh, NBC, USA Today, et cetera, is usually when it's kind of past its peak. And I continue to think that's the case with both supply chain conditions and inflation. Um, you know, obviously it's going to take a while for that for these easing supply chain conditions to kind of show up in some of the formal statistics. Um, but I think that process is underway. Um, so those are kind of all the big themes and trends for this morning. There's a lot more in the piece. So take a look at um, on the calendar for today. You have the U.S. flash PMIs at 945. It looks like the White House is going to make an announcement on releasing oil reserves, um, perhaps in conjunction with certain um, other countries, including India, Japan. Again, I think this is very symbolic. I don't think it's going to have a major impact on actual underlying supply demand dynamics for oil, especially if OPEC follows through on its threat to cut back on its output if you if you start to see reserves get released um, in substantial quantities. So again, I don't think you're really going to see, um, it's not going to change the underlying supply demand dynamics, could create some headline risk intraday with regards to oil, but um Generally, again, I don't I don't think this will be a huge headwind for for crude once the noise settles down. Um, Biden is due to make comments today on the economy, on uh, quote unquote the economy and combating inflation. That's at two o'clock. There have been media reports that the White House is planning a kind of um, PR campaign to discuss inflation. They plan to blame corporate America and consolidation um, for most of it. I think that argument is going to fall flat. So I don't really think that will be a huge market mover at two o'clock. And then you have a lot of earnings today. So um, analog devices, American Eagle, Abercrombie, Best Buy, Dick's Sporting Goods, Dollar Tree, Medtronic, um, and more out before the open. After the close, you have Autodesk, Dell, Guess, Gap, HP, Nordstrom, VMware, and others. So busy day of earnings today, uh, both in the morning and after the close. And that is everything for Tuesday, November 23rd. Thank you for listening.